I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about how do you teach your kids financial lessons at home. Joining me today is Antoine Campbell. You are an entrepreneur, but you have a lot of experience teaching the kids because you've been doing this long before COVID ever happened. Right. First of all, are there any particular lessons that you think kids must know before they turn 18 and they walk out of the house and you no longer have to give them any money? I think children should understand how it works, right? Because money is such a, a consistent thing that you really have to accomplish. Like you can fall in financial ruin at any point in your life from the time you're young all the way to your old. You have to understand that hard work is the only thing that's really going to get you out the hole and connections with other people. So building relationships to the point that if you get through a financial barrier, you can go into your phone and call a few people and you're trustworthy enough for they to help you out. How do you do that? When I was growing up, the only financial lesson I heard was money doesn't grow on trees. And that was it. And then I was set off into the world, went to college, and I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. And I was sort of floundering in, in my early stages. How do you teach kids those lessons before they head out the door? Yeah, so I basically, for my two children, um, I, I teach them about credit, first and foremost. Like, hey, listen, if you have great credit and you're disciplined, you can never go broke because you can use credit cards to buy things and create a side business. You can take that credit to get your house or open up an investment account and take some of that credit and liquidate certain credit cards at a certain utilization and invest in the market. So there's so many things that I'm teaching them right now that I just want them to be able to build a tool belt of financial literacy so they can pick and select what they need to use at that current time in their life. How do you make them understand that if you put something on credit, you need to pay it off immediately because you don't want to get into that vicious cycle of not paying everything off and putting more and more on the credit card and now you don't ha you're not making enough money to pay off the minimum balance. Right. How do you do So that? so basically I'm teaching them right now the concept of the credit is is not play money. It's not you just don't put stuff on a, a credit card just because you can. You make good smart investments with your credit in order to get ahead, right? So one of the things that I'm teaching them is that as you get older, the more stuff the more times you pay your credit card on time and you keep your utilization low, they will extend more credit to you. 
And once you get that enough credit, you don't have to max out your credit card. Because right now I'm teaching them that every time I give them a dollar, only they only can spend 20 cents on a dollar. The other 80% or 80 cents, they have to put up somewhere. So it's the same thing with credit. Every time you use your card, you shouldn't max out your card no more than 20%. So even if you go through some type of financial hardship or you lose your job, you'll at least have a utilization that don't impact your actual credit score month after month. What age did you start this with your kids? I just started maybe three, four years ago. My oldest son is 14 in August and my youngest is 10. So I'm teaching them right now the power of saving to invest, right? Not saving just to save because, you know, you have inflation and things, but to invest in things that's going to yield you a good return. In this age, it's digital. In my day, you know, we actually had Mm -hmm. cash and coin. So when you talk about for every dollar you give them, 80 cents has to go somewhere else for savings. Do you actually have the jars or do you have apps that you use where you kind of move that money around in different places? Well, since they're so young, I have the jars. I went and bought the piggy banks. It was hard to find them. But I bought this canister metal piggy bank where you have to take a knife to open it up. And I give them cash, right? Because I want them to feel it and understand it. Like, you know, the digital age, you don't really make sense of numbers. But when they see the money, they can count it, they can understand it. And like, we took, we took the boys to Florida two months ago. And my son, he wanted to buy all this stuff at the train station. I'm like, hey, we're not even in Florida yet. You want to spend your money. So the lesson there was, listen, you're only going to spend 10% of what you got because this money has to last you until you get back home. God forbid there's an emergency and you spend all your money, then what you want to do? That's a great lesson. I love that. Do you pay them for chores that they do or how is it that they earn their money? Yeah, So I don't necessarily pay them for chores because I think that that's stuff they should do. So I, I, I say, hey, I got something I need help with or I got this extra project for you. The pay is $10, $20. It may be just cleaning out the car and getting ready to go to the car wash. It may just be come with me to the office, helping me rearrange my office, something that's outside of normal scope of work. And, you know, I pay them 10, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And then what I now I'm teaching them is because I personally have to don't carry cash. I teach them to, you know, I'm out and I'm like, oh, you know what? I need 30 bucks. Hey, Jaden, do you have 30 bucks I can buy? Okay, dad, you got until Friday to pay me back or it's going to be 40 bucks. So he's learning the value of investing his money or lending his money and compounding his money just by that. That's great. That is awesome. That is one way they have to learn with cash in hand. But because you already understand the principles of money, you don't need to carry it. But you aren't passing on that theory thing to them because they'll learn it. They'll they'll get it as they get older. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you've been talking about you are teaching your kids these financial lessons because you want them to understand the power of this money that they save. So we'll go into that when we come back with Antoine Campbell. He is an entrepreneur. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that could affect your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it. And today we're talking about teaching your kids financial lessons from home. And hopefully that means you yourself understand your finances, or at least the basics of it that you should save more than you spend. Joining me today is Antoine Campbell. He is an entrepreneur. And Antoine, in the first segment, you discussed the lessons that you were passing on to your kids. And I love when you went on vacation and your son was like, ooh, let's buy stuff all at the train station. You hadn't even gotten to your destination. Right. Like that's a lesson that you can pass on to your kids. But why is this so important to you to teach aside from just when they get out on their own, they do need to be wise with their money. But it seems like you have grander goals for your kids to learn these financial lessons. I do. I absolutely do. You know, I want them to be able to be financially independent. I don't want them to struggle. And I don't want them to live the paycheck to paycheck curse that most Americans face, right? I read some statistics about a few years ago that said at least 50 to 60 percent of all Americans don't have at least a thousand dollars saved and they save it. And that kind of like puzzled me like, wow, like America has 400 million people. So you're telling me about 200 outside the children, about 150 million people don't have at least a thousand dollars in a checking account. That's when I say to myself, I have to start showing my children that, hey, because even as a business owner, I know a lot of entrepreneurs who make money, but they don't keep any of it because they don't have the sense to save and, and invest it. So what is it you're doing with your business? Because you've said that you have your own business and you are using these principles in your own life and those are the ones you're passing on to kids. So what is it that you have done in your life to get to where you are? So one of the things I've done, most of my businesses are self-financed, which means I didn't take out any loan or use any credit cards to fund them. I just created ideas, um, took ideas and, and created services. So um, most of my business are service-based business. I own an outsourcing agency that specializes in um, recruiting virtual assistants from the Philippines. That's been going really phenomenal for me for the last three, four years. Um, I also own a coaching business where I help and coach and show people how to get into real estate. Um, as well as uh, how to create their own online business, teaching and uh, coaching other people. So that's been going really well for me. And these principles has really taught me to, if I want to get to the next level, then I need to give uh, each of my business a savings bucket. And as that bucket overflow, then each business collectively will invest into the next business opportunity that I want to do. Okay, I want to go back just a bit. You said that one of your businesses is coaching people how to get into real estate. Do you have a real estate license? Did you learn that through going to school? Yeah, so I'm not a real estate agent. I'm a, on the investor side, so I'm the guy that buy the house, fix it up, and then resell it. There's a lot of people that wants to get into real estate from the investing side because they have a ton of money sitting even in their 401k or their IRAs or their life insurance policy, and they want to put it to work. Now, in this market that we're in right now, just in the last year, year and a half, 
home prices have just skyrocketed because of the pandemic. There's less houses on inventory, and then the few people that do want to buy, they're now in a bidding war. So prices are going higher and higher. And now, because of inflation, the Fed is raising interest rates, which now means that not only are you in a bidding war for a house, you're going to now pay higher interest on it if you do get a loan. How do you, as an investor, how do you make money on something like that? So full full transparency, 2022, like mid-2020, I decided to put my fix and flipping business on pulse. Just because of the inflation prices I've seen before they the news even started to announce there was inflation, I've seen inflation the year before by my contractors charging me lumber prices, cost of materials, like everything was just didn't make sense to flip a house. So sometimes you got to know when to play and when not to play. And that's why, you know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you should have multiple investments or multiple opportunities that can bring you in money every month because you don't know when one thing may go down and out. So I look at entrepreneurship as as a stock investor look at investing in stocks. I like to diversify all of what I got going on just so I won't get caught in a situation where I can't make money. And how much do your kids know about all of this, like five-year-olds, they're not really going to understand. And you may not be able to get into all the complexities, even with your 14-year-old. So when is it that you think that kids should start learning more complex issues about diversifying? I say as soon as possible. The human brain is a very complex machinery. We have over 50 billion cells in our brain working at simultaneously just to process a thought. So I say as soon as you feel like your child is capable of understanding or you're capable of explaining to them what what it is, what it is, then start teaching them. So for me right now, I'm teaching my children basic concepts and theories that they can grasp quickly and apply to right now. Not later on in life, but right now so they can exercise that muscle to really get good at that. So I think a lot of parents, they have to start to set their children up for success. Go back to the old times where... Well, you take 20 bucks and you invest in a lemonade stand and you set up outside the church, after church, and, and, and sell lemonade. And they could, that could teach them the concept of basic counting. You'd be surprised how many children don't know how to count money oh, yeah. or just don't know how much change they should get back. Right? It teaches them a basic concept of counting. It teaches them people skills, how to sell. I think everybody should learn how to sell because whether you know it or not, you're selling. You're selling your, your personal life. You're selling a business. Them core skills that you can learn at an early age that can translate into your adulthood very easily. And also, if it's something which sounds fairly simple, like a lemonade stand, you would also need to teach them, hey, how much is it going to cost us to make the lemonade and buy the cups that the lemonade is going to go into that chances are we're not going to get those cups back. So based on that, how much do we have to sell our lemonade in order to make money on it? Yeah, so we, I call that like my break-even analysis, and I'm teaching that now with my 14-year-old. Like, okay, if you put up $35 for this lemonade, how much lemonade that you can produce and sell, and how much do you have to sell to even make the money back? So then he you know I need to sell 35 cups at a dollar a piece to make my money back at 12 ounces a cup. Well, if I cut each cup with a, a cup of ice, then it's really eight ounces. How did I learn it? Because I worked at McDonald's, man. A 32-ounce soda is not really a 32-ounce soda. It's about 16 ounces. Right. So just teaching them their basic stuff, it takes them a long way. And that's why when I go into those restaurants, I ask for no ice. So I actually Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm right with you. 
All right. How did you learn? Like I said, when I started off, the only financial lessons I got at home was money doesn't grow on trees. How did your parents teach you or did they? Did you, was it hard lessons you had to learn when you got out on your own? Well, my parents, like my dad is second generation entrepreneur. His dad was an entrepreneur, but they was a different type of entrepreneur. They just work hard and struggle too. So they didn't really teach me what to do. I learned what not to do by just watching their mistakes. Right. So as I got older, when I turned about 17, I started to take an interest in the Bloomberg channel. And so right before school, I always watched the Bloomberg, see what things trading. And I understood like commodities and how commodities move and swing markets and things of that sort. And it became a really interesting thing. So I think to answer your question, you have to really take an interest to, to certain things if you really want to learn and master it. If you're not really interested, and that's why a lot of kids don't do good and children don't do good in school. Is because 80% of the stuff they're teaching doesn't interest them. So when I looked at my transcript when I graduated um, from high school, all of my classes I got A's in was economics and business type classes. So I knew right then that I had an interest for entrepreneurship, and that's what pushed me to work for myself. We do need to take one more break. When we come back, we will find out what else we may need to do as parents to help our kids learn financial lessons. So we'll be right back with Antoine Campbell, who is an entrepreneur. Welcome back to Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about how to teach your kids financial lessons at home. And joining me today is Antoine Campbell, who is doing that right now with his kids. And you are an entrepreneur. So you already had this built-in radar for trying to make money. And so for you, it was pretty easy to pass on some of these lessons to your kids. But what about the parents who maybe don't have a lot of knowledge in this area? They're struggling just to manage their own finances. They do want to help their kids along. They want their kids to be better off than they are. But if they don't have the knowledge, how do they pass that on to their kids? There's so many apps and YouTube channels that really cover this stuff that I say start off with that first. Find somebody that's an influencer or that's a leader in financial literacy that you can relate to and that you like and follow them. And maybe once a week, cut out television and when they show come on YouTube or whatever the platform they're using, have the family sit down and watch it together. Take notes and talk about what we can do, especially if the children are a little older. Now, if they're young, I understand. But if they're a little older where they can read and write and articulate, then yes, have them sit down with you and let that be a family experience that you guys turn your finances around and you can stop and break the curses that have been put upon you so you can be able to save substantially and grow your legacy for your family. Before we started our conversation, you were telling me that for your business as an entrepreneur, as you're starting out, you put all of your effort into your businesses so that you can make a profit to help support your family, almost to the point of putting the family needs, maybe their emotional needs. I'm not sure what it is you were talking about, but the family would come second behind your businesses. A lot of people, I think, might stand up and argue with you about that. They would say the family always comes first. How dare you? So can you They're supposed to. That? They, that, that's their way of thinking. They've been programmed to think that, hey, my family come before everything. But the truth is, if your family come before everything, how could you take care of your family if you're putting a business on the back burner? You have to respect the business. The business is a legitimate beast. 
that needs to be tamed. And in order to do that, you have to give the businesses undivided attention so it can grow and flourish. And then the business is going to reward you. You're able to take these two-week vacations. You're able to put your children in the best school. You're able to stop what you're doing to go to your son's soccer game. You can't do that if you're going against the grain, if you're fighting a business or your job or whatever. I'm here to tell you, like, your boss isn't going to make your life comfortable. So when you start to work for yourself, you got to be disciplined enough to say, hey, this is a sacrifice that we all must make so we can benefit sometime later. Now, example, like when I started my entrepreneurial journey, my children were very young, right? My son was just born and my oldest son, he was maybe three, four at the oldest. And they they wasn't able to articulate and understand what was going on. So for me, I made a pledge to say, hey, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to put myself in a position so as they get older, I'm not going to be that parent to say, hey, son, I'm sorry I had to miss your game. You know I got to work. Like, that's not an excuse because I put the work in early and I'm there when it really counts and matters. Because most children, they can't remember before they're three years old anyway. So why not put yourself in a situation where they can remember? You don't want your children talking bad about you when you assume that you did a good job as a parent. And they say, man, my dad was never there or my mom was never there. She was always working on my palm and this and that. And, and, you know, graduation, she had to leave early. So the things that really matter, you have to put yourself in a situation to make sure you're there. Because people only hold you accountable for the things that they remember. That's 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 my argument. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm the wife taking care of the two young'uns, and you're not there to help change diapers. I'm sorry. Not happening. That, that's completely understandable. What we got to do is get you on board. We have to put you a positive. <laughs> okay. How much money should I make and need to make in order to get a third per- person to come in and help out with that? Like, even for me, I have a person who come clean my house, right? Because I don't have time... I would prefer as an entrepreneur to go make the extra money to pay someone to clean the house than for me to waste four hours to clean my house. I'm on board with that because I hate cleaning my house. <laughs> yeah. That works. All right. You mentioned some of the work that you do in with your uh, businesses, but what are the names of them? Are there any that people could call? Yeah. So you can just go straight to my website, ceo929.com. And it's literally like a directory that can point you into any direction for all the businesses that I own and manage. And like I said, we have an outsourcing business. So if you're looking to hire a virtual assistant that can help you in your business, you know, my children have been homeschooled for almost three years and we did it the first year, me and my wife together. And I'm going to be honest with you. I said, you know what? There has to be a better way. And then we, I looked into the laws and we got together and I realized that I can hire a virtual assistant from the Philippines who has a bachelor's degree and childhood education and stuff to teach my children this homeschooling curriculum that we got from a platform. And next thing you know, you know, I pay them, you know, I think I pay like five bucks an hour, six bucks an hour, and they have a dedicated teacher that can teach them every day on the computer and they get a quality education, you know. And I know some people are going to say, but what about the social aspect? Well, that's when you have Facebook groups and you have uh, play date groups and you have cousins and, and, and family members that they can go over and play in and be entertained. You have a mall down the street where you can take them to and they can go to Chuck E. Cheese and play with other children. That's, that's not an excuse, right? So if you want a good quality education, and I'm not here to bash the United States, but right now our country is in such a situation where the quality of education is going down. And honestly, COVID has taken away maybe two to three years of the average child education from them, the quality of it. And now they're going to grow up and miss a lot of this stuff. And that kind of puzzles me. And especially the children that's going to be 
our doctors, you know, our open heart surgeons and things like that. So you want to trust these people to operate on you when we cut in corners with education. So that's why I say if it's not like a um an industry where you have to go to a, a school and sit in, take advantage and educate your children yourself if you have the resources because there's no one to point the finger but you. You know, I don't point the finger at the school system. I just say, you know what, let me just take this into my hands because I can financially afford to do so. Okay, so that website was ceo929.com. Yes, and I have everything I want to do. Like I said, outsourcing agency, we have a culture business. There's so much I do that just visit the website, and um, I'm pretty sure there's something on there for everyone. Okay. Thank you so much, Antoine Campbell. You are an entrepreneur, and you just gave us insight on some of the things that you do to help educate your kids, especially financially, so that they can also become entrepreneurs if that's what they choose to do in life, but they'll understand the, the value of it. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.